The Holy Gospel according to John, the 12th chapter. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who is from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for the same reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, the voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise 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 to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. In her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, Barbara Brown Taylor describes a time when she was visiting a cave system and began to ponder the empty tomb or cave on that first Easter morning. She writes, If resurrection happened in a cave, it happened in complete silence, in absolute darkness. Sitting deep in the heart of Oregon Cave, I let this sink in. New life starts in the dark. Whether it is a seed in the ground a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb. It starts in the dark. And Jesus, in today's reading, said, Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. A chapter earlier in John, we encounter someone else who knows about a tomb and its darkness, Lazarus. Jesus raised him from the dead and called him out of that tomb. The crowds came out in droves to see Lazarus and the one who had brought him back to life. All these people now believing in Jesus became a concern for the religious authorities 
who began to plot to have both Jesus and Lazarus put to death. This was the time of the Passover festival, and many in the huge crowd of people that had come to Jerusalem for the festival heard that Jesus was going to be there. And you know the story. They waved palm branches and met Jesus as he came into Jerusalem, calling out, Save us, Hosanna! So from the moment Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead until the moment he rose into Jerusalem on a donkey, the crowd of people who believed in him continued to grow and the tensions mounted. The Pharisees were deeply concerned about this and they said to each other, you see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. And this is where today's reading begins. John chapter 12, verse 20 says, Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They had heard about Jesus, so they found Philip, a disciple with a Greek name who likely spoke their language, and said, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Well, a lot of people wanted to see Jesus, meet him, be close to him, so why are these people worth mention? It's because they're Gentiles. They are outsiders. They are beyond Israel. They represent the larger world. Remember John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the Pharisees have just said, "Look, the world has gone after him." The Greek's appearance announces that God's wider purposes of salvation are now being fulfilled. The good news is not intended for only one group or location, but for the whole world. The Greek said, we wish to see Jesus. And Jesus responded, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Four times before this in John, he has said, my hour has not yet come. Now, with the arrival of the Greeks seeking him, his hour has come, the hour of his glory. Not Olympic glory or Super Bowl glory or promotion glory. It is cross glory, suffering glory, obedience to a greater purpose glory. Even though he has raised someone from the dead, been anointed with costly perfume, come into Jerusalem with a fanfare fit for a king, and even though it might seem to his disciples that the future is looking bright, Jesus tells them the hour has come for him to be glorified. He is talking about his crucifixion and, yes, his resurrection and his ascension, but there's no skipping the dying part. And he must explain this to his disciples once again so they understand. And because he loves them, and although the manner of his death will be terrible, he uses a very tender image, a gentle image, something they know, a grain of wheat. I wonder, did the conversation go something like this? Now. Listen, people, you need to hear this. You need to know what's coming. I'm serious about it. It's kind of like a grain of wheat. You know how unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, 
it remains a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. That's what's coming, and soon. American pastor and theologian Albert Barnes wrote a scripture commentary in 1850, yes, 1850, which described this verse beautifully. He wrote this. We cannot but admire the wisdom by which Jesus introduces the subject of his death. They had seen his triumph. They supposed that he was about to establish his kingdom. He told them that the time had come in which he was to be glorified, but not in the manner which they expected. It was to be by his death. But as they would not at once see how this could be, and as it would appear to dash their hopes, he takes occasion to illustrate it by a beautiful comparison. All the beauty and richness of the harvest results from the fact that the grain had died. If it had not died, it would never have germinated or produced the glory of the yellow wheat harvest. And so it will be with him. As I have lived with this text this week, what I hear is that it is though, as though Jesus gather the, gathers us in close and says, let me tell you the secret about dying. Take heart. It's not the end. I am going to die, and I am going to rise from the dead, and because of that, people will be drawn to me, and the good news about God's love will be spread far and wide down the generations, and you will be at the heart of it. Death is not the end. And our Lord might continue, and when you die, you need to know that it's not the end either because I will never let you go. You will live again in my presence. And maybe he would say, but this isn't only about your physical dying. You will have all kinds of losses in this life, all kinds of suffering. You will experience darkness. It's part of life this side of heaven but I will always be with you. Look for me in the dark places. I will bring life out of them. Like a grain of wheat that needs to be buried in the dark earth, the dark places in your life can send out new life because I am there with you. I will bring growth out of your dark times that will nourish you and those around you. Look for me there. Have faith that I am there with you. My friends, my fellow and sister grains of wheat, who have no doubt found yourselves in some dark places in this last year, we are now growing close to Holy Week. If we are tempted to skip over death to get quickly to resurrection, if we would rather skip Good Friday and go straight to Easter, then that little grain of wheat encourages us to consider a different path. Maybe we could stay with the dark places for a while, the hurting places of our lives and our troubled world, rather than ignore or turn away from them and look inside them for what our Lord is bringing forth. What are the dark and hurting and buried places within you and those you love? Can we allow ourselves to admit and name and grieve the varied multitude of losses of this last year. 
and then knowing God is with us, search for what God is doing, what life God is bringing out of them, what God is calling us to be now. And can we, perhaps, sit with someone in their place of grief in this year when so many have died of COVID and other causes? Please know that when you write a card and make a phone call and invite someone who grieves to take a walk with you, and when you say their loved one's name and invite conversation about them, you become part of what God is doing to bring life from darkness. And in this time when so many are hungry for food and stability, for justice and equality in our city and around the world, can we search for what God is already doing and what we are called to be? What new life is God bringing about in the dark and how may we be in harmony with it? The grain of wheat is buried in that dark earth not for itself, but in order to bring out a harvest, nourishment for the world. And our Lord has shown us how to be nourishment through love and service and sacrifice. Please join me in prayer. Lord, give us insight and courage and help us to be part of the way you are nourishing your world Help us to find you in the dark. In the name of Jesus, amen.